Hey guys, I'm excited to do a really great giveaway this month. This month's giveaway is the ESV Preaching Bible provided by Crossway. Created from the ground up with input from pastors and church leaders, the ESV Preaching Bible was designed with the preacher in mind. This edition features highly readable 10-point type in a single-column format, enlarged and boldened verse numbers to make it easy and to quickly locate verses on the page, extra-wide margins for notes, high-quality paper, and durable Smithsonian binding befitting a preacher's most valuable tool. Learn more at crossway.org. And last month, I was provided with one of these Bibles. I've been using it for a month and absolutely loving it. You can sign up for the giveaway in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 153. Hope you're having a great morning this morning. Today we're going to be continuing the series on rites of passage, and we're going to be talking about provision. Let's pray, and then, boy, did I have a great weekend. Our family just had such a good time hanging out with some friends from out of town, Really, the most redeemable part of the internet, I think, is relationships that can be forged, friendships that can be made, and uh, I'll tell you about it here in a second. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we need wisdom and direction as always. It's the start of the week. It's actually Tuesday now. My, my days are all messed up based on the weekend. And Lord, we just thank you for the week that you've given us. We want to honor you with it. Help us. And we trust that you're going to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. This weekend was phenomenal. This is the best thing about the internet. So we had friends, Riley and Margot Voth. Riley runs The Majesty's Men, and he is on the other podcast that's going to be coming out here very soon, The Majesty's Men Show, where me, Riley, Brian Sauvey, Scott Tungay, Bo Hutchess, and several other people are going to be talking about all things masculinity. It's going to be a great show. Be on the lookout for that. We've already recorded five episodes, and we have an episode with Doug Wilson already as well. we got one coming up with C.R. Wiley and a bunch of other great people. It's going to be an awesome show. But Riley and Margot, so Riley's also built the website and does a lot of different things. And we've been friends over the last several years because he's helped me with this podcast and with this website. So we just, we've had a friendship for several years. Well, they bought a house about seven miles away from where we live here in Southern Illinois. And then our friend Scott Tungay, Scott and Kelly Tungay, they live in Indiana and they came down to hang out. And then also our friends Bo and Jenna Hutchess from Colorado Bo is a listener, and he's also a co-host on the Majesty's Men Show. We've been friends several years just through the internet because he started to be a listener of this show and reached out, and we just became friends. They were in town because they were in Indiana to visit some family, and so they came over, and we had a big, just awesome weekend hanging out together. Incredible conversations. It was just so much fun. And I encourage you to do things like this. If you have friends on the internet, make a way. When you're out of town, when you're traveling, when you're on vacation, if you're just one state over, a couple states over, spend some time together because it is a blast when you actually get to meet some like-minded people, sit down together, have live conversations, and then just see where the Lord takes it. And we just had such a great time. So it was a really, really great weekend for Jordan and I. We had at our house because we had people from our church. We probably had 50 people at our house on Sunday night, and it was just a great time. So that was our weekend. And then going into this week, that's why I missed the podcast yesterday, and that's why I'm here today recording to catch up. So that's where we're at. 
Today we're continuing the series on rites of passage. Okay, this is, I'm hoping, very helpful for you. It's going to be really practical and even helpful as you think through this with a group of guys in your local church or your buddies or just whatever. As you're thinking through raising sons, what I'm trying to do is give you practical ways to think through how you can intentionally raise your sons up into manhood. We've already talked the last few weeks about lamenting the fact that there are no rites of passages in our society anymore built into the way things work in our world, and so we have to be intentional about building these up so they can be passed on from generation to generation, and not just passed on, but made better from generation to generation, because our sons, our daughters, will be able to take the things that they've learned from us, and they'll modify it, make it better, they may scrap some of it, and then they'll do this, hopefully, for their kids, and then for their kids. So we're trying to build in traditions that are going to be helpful to raise sons up spiritually and physically into manhood. So today, we're talking about provision. Provision is also built into this word keep. Last week we talked about protection, and today we're talking about provision. So worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. Now when we talk about provision, work is inevitably tied up into that word, because work and provision go together. But now we're specifically not just talking about a culture of work that's already there, we're talking about working for remuneration, for provision for the family. Men are providers. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. You know these passages, guys. I mean, pastors you're reading through and studying through and preaching sermon series on the family, you know how important it is for men to be a provider, because if you're not, the men in your church are not providers, then they are worse than unbelievers. They're not welcome to the table. They're in some sort of weird category that's outside of being an enemy of God, that's like even worse than that. So not only enemy of God, but a man who refuses to provide for his family is even worse than that. So it's like a some sort of gargoyle or something. I don't know. So Ransom and Valor and I are regularly having conversations. And a part of these, in parts of rites of passages, it's almost like the end result of the training that they, they've received over the years because we're having these little conversations along the way. Just yesterday, for instance, me and the boys are having a conversation and I'm talking to them about how some men want to stay home and they don't want to provide for their family. And they let their wives go out and provide for their family. And specifically, I was telling them, boys, do not marry a woman. I'm going to help you with this as you get older. But don't marry a woman that wants to be the provider of the family. Just stay away from any kind of woman like that. And my sons, you should have seen their response, their reaction. They were like, what? Why in the world? There's some men that don't want to take care of their family, that don't want to provide. They were absolutely appalled. In fact, Ransom said, oh, he just got so mad. I'm I'm just going to hit them. He didn't know what to do with his anger because he was just so angry that there are some men like that. It's just crazy. So when we think about the word provision, I want to think about these three big categories, and they have subpoints. and then I want to end with the rites of passage. So three practical things to think about as you lead up to rites of passages for your son. Number one, a job. You want to help your sons think through, in the future, what job to do as a career. Now, when you think about a job or a career... A job and a career, which aren't necessarily the same thing because you, there's many jobs that we do but that, that aren't necessarily our career. But one of the things that you want to be helping them think through isn't necessarily, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? You, you want to think through how they can have a job where they're either working for themselves or there's flexibility to take care of their family and be present at home. You want to make sure that you're coaching them in this in a job that's going to be paying well so they can have a single income for their family. You want to help them to be able to navigate that. You don't want them to go to get an arts and crafts degree from some school and go off to college or even go off to college and have all this massive debt. I'm going to encourage my sons probably not to go to college, maybe some sort of trade or technical school. 
if they're going to be like a doctor or engineer or something like that, obviously they have to go to school. But most likely my sons won't go to college and my daughter definitely won't go, won't go to college. That's not the same thing as saying education. My, my children will all be highly educated people and they will be lifelong learners. The traditional academic route, it's not the same kind of viable option as it used to be. It's just a big burden that's laid on the shoulders of everybody basically. So you want to help them, number one, think through and build them up towards a career that's going to be conducive to a family and to the flexibility to be around to be able to raise their children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So if they're going to be providers providers one day, they're going to need wisdom and help knowing what to do in the future. And so you're going to be having these conversations with your sons as they get older. So then when they step into 16, 17, 18, when they, step, when they step into the workforce, they've got a general direction of what they're going to do, and they don't have to wait until they're 25, 26 years old to figure out what they're going to do in life for a career and slash what is their vocational calling. Number two, you have to have conversations about money management. When our children are 18 years old, we're going to opening a Roth IRA for them. We're already we already have these accounts, and I'm dropping the ball, actually, because I need to talk to my buddy Tyler and get them an M1 investment account because right now they're not receiving hardly any interest at all. So they've got these accounts that are just sitting there making hardly nothing. And so really, I need to put them into some sort of investment account so I can start building and getting them returns so they can have, when they turn 18, more money to be able to invest or to be able to do what they need to do to get a start in life. Also, uh, with this, I would love to go ahead and have land for them. I would love to buy land and have that for them to either give that to them or a house to be able to Airbnb until they turn 18 and I'm able to hand that over to them. But when you're thinking about raising your children, we have to be thinking about money management. They have to see money is not necessarily an evil thing. They don't need to love money, but they need to be able to love God and then use money, not love money and then use God to get it. That's the proper biblical way to do things. Love God, use money as a tool for his kingdom and for his purposes. They're going to need you know, basic budgeting. They're going to have to be taught not to manage their money poorly. I remember when I was a kid growing up, we I had this mowing job, and I mowed like 14 yards one summer. A lot of yards for a young man. Made a lot of money that summer. And then I had nothing to show for it. Nothing whatsoever. Because I blew it on Dr. Pepper and Cool Mint Drops and movies. It was <laughs> a summer of a lot of fun, but a lot of waste. It was just a waste. And then they're going to need to know how to pay in cash for things. If you want something, save and then buy it in cash. Own things and let people rent from you. Don't rent from other people who own things. Everyone has productive property. It's just a matter of whose is it. And we want to train them up to be the kings of the earth, owning the property, and other people are going to rent from them. And so we need to help them think through all things money so they love God and use money in the way God would have them. Okay, the third thing that I'm going to be training our sons up before we go into this rite of passage, and this is where the rite of passage is primarily going to be built around this third piece, and it has subpoints to it. Number one, hunting. Number two, gardening. Number three, self-sufficiency. Number one with hunting. I didn't grow up hunting at all, and I love it now. I absolutely love it. In fact, I'm going on a bear hunt. I'm leaving at 2 a.m. tomorrow morning to go up to Minnesota. First bear hunt. Very excited about it. I'm already training up my sons in this. When I was growing up, it was sports everything. I ate, drank, slept sports. It was basketball, baseball. It was anything and everything that had to do with sports. I loved sports. I could care less about sports anymore. I really just don't care. I love to go out and play basketball, just shoot around. I mean, I haven't played ball in a long time, but I love just to go shoot around. I feel like if I did anything that required horizontal movements right now, that my, my body would just like break in half. I do love playing ball, but I just haven't played in a long time. But as far as our home and what's valuable in our home, we do not value sports the way I valued sports growing up. We value hunting because it's a very, very important piece to this thing called provision. I want them to know about death and provision. I want them to know how to harvest an animal, how to process an animal, how to put it in the freezer and have food for your family. 
I also want them to know how to fish, to be able to, I want them to know how to fillet a fish. I want them to know how to, to do their own fish fry, which our boys love. They love frying fish. They need to know how to take care of themselves and find food. And then secondly, gardening. Gardening, I think, is going to come under intense pressure over the next, I don't know, decade or so, where you may have to be required to go to the city and get some sort of license or something like that. Or there may, there may be a crackdown on seeds, by the way. If you go down that route, you know, like that doomsday route, uh, you got to get some seeds now, get them in the freezer, get some heirloom seeds, find them where you can so you've got them on hand. But I want my children to know how to garden as well. Gardening is about survival. I mean, you're able to make your own food, grow your own food in the garden. And a little bit of work each day can end up with a pantry full of canned goods. And so Jordan's going to be helping them know how to can, and we're going to do these things together. And we're, and we're already doing these things together. Jordan and I have gardened since the first year that we were married, from bigger sm bigger and smaller and everywhere in between. And uh, this next year, we're actually going to do a huge, probably like half an acre of sweet corn. I'm pretty excited about that. But I want my children to know about that. And then finally, sur survival skills. One of the things I think is important for our children to know is how to survive if they're completely off the grid. What happens if you lose all electricity? What happens if something's wrong with your water? And so we've got a new Berkey fil filtration system for our water where we can take literally pond water and get drinking water out of it. And then you've heard me talk about this. I just got this wood stove. I'm going to get a wood stove installed within the next couple months or so. And so we can take care of ourselves if our electricity goes out. I've got a generator. I'm able to take that and keep my freezer going and my refrigerator going and my other refrigerator going to keep all of our food good. And then we're able to heat our house because we've got a wood stove that's going to be able to heat the whole house by itself. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that to get going. We also have a gas fireplace upstairs. So between the downstairs and the upstairs, we can heat our entire house easily without electricity. So I want to teach them the skills of survival. Okay, now let's, let's cap all this off. As you're training them and helping them think through and become a man who can provide for a family, we get to the rite of passage, the rite of passage for provision. Again, I'm wanting to make these to where you can make these your own. You can take this and then tweak it or maybe even do something entirely different as it relates to being a provider. But this rite of passage is going to be built around this the third piece. Now, they're already going to have training. I'm going to have them talk to Tyler. They're going to be doing some financial management stuff, not just from me, but from, from men in my life that are better than me at that, that are really helpful for me, that I've learned a lot from, they're going to be learning from. But when this rite of passage comes, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have them hunt and fish for all their food for two weeks. They're going to have a two-week period of trial. I thought about doing this for a month, but my buddy Mason, he's like, dude, you don't want them to die. <laughs> and I guess you've seen all those survival shows where after you know a few weeks, the people are, you know, basically, you know, withering away to nothing. So we don't want that for our sons. But we have a pond down the road that we consider our pond. It's not really our pond, but we have access to it. They can go fish there and they can get food. And then we're going to do this at some point during hunting season. So from August to January in Illinois is squirrel season. You can go out and get squirrel if you have to. But they're going to have to hunt, fish, and forage for all their food. So we're going to have to pick the right time of the year to do this, but they're going to have two weeks, and that two-week challenge is going to be theirs where they're not allowed to eat anything from our home. They're just going to have to live off the land. At the end of this rite of passage, I want them to be able to celebrate with doing something amazing. So after those two weeks, I want them to go on a bear hunt. I want them to go on an elk hunt or something where we get to do this together and celebrate the fact that he is now a provider. One of the big reasons that I'm going up to Minnesota this week to go hunt a bear is because I've got a friend up there, and I want to build this friendship. And I'm hopeful that one day... I'll be able to take my sons back when they're 15, 16, 17, somewhere in that age range. I'm able to take them back and they're able to go after their two weeks of foraging, hunting, and fishing for all their food. I'm able to take them up there to really cap this rite of passage off with killing a big game animal 
in North America. And I don't know if it's going to be that bear. I hope it's a bear hunt. Or we're going to go out to Colorado and hang out with Bo and Jenna Hutchess. And we're going to set up some sort of elk hunt in Colorado. But we're going to do something where they're taking down a big game animal. And it's going to be something they remember the rest of their life. Now, guys, make it your own. This is all about growing boys into men. You know, boys to men. <laughs> you do this according to how you guys work this out as you and your wife are talking about this and you and your buddies are talking about this. The whole point is, guys, be intentional. Raise your sons up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. See them go from being a young man to a man and watch them. Take them there. Take them on that path. Take them on that journey with you as you raise them up. Guys, please share this. Consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. Uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed and pass the word. I really appreciate you helping me out. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great rest of your week and... And I'll talk to you soon.